Alright guys, refresh off um, an indie show for the Nova Pro Wrestling American Slang. Um, oh god, John Jones got into it again. So we're going to talk about the UFC 200. Raw suffered its lowest rating of forever on Monday on the 4th of July. And if Dwayne would finally show up, maybe we'll get this mock draft 3.0 going on tonight on the next episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. Storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now. It's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but ultimately it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. <laughs> Alright, y'all, this is 2 Chains here, along with my boy, Mr. Silly Sellis. What up, What's what up? What's on, 2 Chains? Hey. Ain't much, man. Uh, happy four from back in, back after a long weekend where both of us was out and busy doing stuff, but back at it again on this podcast. Definitely, definitely a little hiatus, but it was a holiday weekend and everybody was just chilling. So, you know, we, we didn't do too much, but we didn't forget about the fans. We've watched a lot of wrestling. We continuously talking uh, from Twitter and, and texting. We, we always talking wrestling. But uh, it wouldn't be a party if we didn't have our boy, the Giant Crab Jamal, tonight. What's going on, brother? Brother Nero, how's it going? Hashtag deletion. You know, I said we weren't going to talk about it, but I have to say that the most craziest hashtag was on Twitter that night. And every time I clicked one, I was like, this can't be about this. And sure enough, it was. So, like, drone was was trending. And what did I just watch was trending. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to give TNA the time of day right now. But if if we have to at some point, then you know, so be it. We'll 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 bring it up. Credit still, it's the best thing they've done in ten years. Oh, oh, it got a lot of eyes on it for Mm -hmm. sure. Well, I don't know. Any any word from uh, Jeff Hardy? Is he alive? Because after he got baptized, I was a little worried. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Before I turned the tree. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, we're not gonna talk about how he went to the corner and his hair was right over the fire, and then it was the worst editing I've ever seen in my life. Cause he was in the corner and he uh, didn't necessarily know he was just in the middle of the ring, and I was like, oh yeah, I could, I know something wrong happened there. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, um, on July first, on Friday, uh, me and J- uh, Jamal we checked out the Noah Pro Wrestling presents the American Slang event. And um, Fairfax, Virginia, and I gotta say, like stepping in, immediately stepping into it. First thing I said to Jamal, I was just like, "Hey, the acoustics in here, bumps and chest slaps, everything's gonna echo through here." And it was just a it automatically had good vibes for from it. First time I've ever been. Um, definitely want to give a shout out to to the guys at Noah Pro Wrestling for. The professionalism upon the questions I had on Twitter and um, the convenience with having PayPal for payment. I like that. The will call, the rec center staff, um, the, the um, about to say the convenience store, the um, concession stand staff, everybody. Before I even get to the wrestlers, everybody was professional. And even walking through the hallways, you know, wrestlers, the wrestler um, dressing room was before you got into the gym. And everybody was greeting, everybody was friendly, you know, really, really, really professional yet fun event. And no question that I will be attending shows, um, next shows, you know, as long as they're having them, next shows in the area for sure. I mean, for $20 was the best bang for your buck that you can get with well-known names, that well-known indie wrestlers that you know. But even if it's people you don't know. Everybody put on the show. The hills were hills. Um, just, just a lot of excitement and a good tradition for the indies. Hashtag support indie wrestling. Go ahead, Jamal. Yeah, follow them uh, at VA Wrestling on Twitter. Uh, let them know what you think of it if you went to the show. My first time going pro wrestling. Heard rumors, rumblings about them. 
since they started up in September of the last year. I think it was September of last year. But it's a great show all around, and it's such an interesting dynamic, the way they work the show compared to what we watch on TV and pay way too much money for on TV every Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and every single night of the week, apparently. <laughs> Just a great all-around show from names that you should know, names that you won't know. You're definitely going to be looking up people after the show is over, and I won't be there in August because I have to work Otacon in Baltimore, but September, see you in Springfield. And uh, in the August show, they already announced uh, Moose will be in attendance. Yeah. Which is again, that's twenty dollars alone worth it right there. If you ever seen that guy wrestle, you already know what's what's gonna happen. But um, you know, I'm not again I'm not so familiar with all the wrestlers um that performed that night, but um a couple that really stuck out to me, um, which may be some new names for uh some of our listeners. Eric Royal, yeah, he faced Donovan Dijak. First yeah, of all I, what do I even say about Donovan, first of all? You already know the guy's gonna steal the show, but the dude Eric also was was just as good in the ring from commanding the crowd, um, the spots, um, very very technical sound match. Um, nothing looked sloppy at all. Maybe maybe one, maybe one spot that was poorly executed in the corner, but other than that, easily a four star match that night. Maybe the yeah, best who, match who that was night. Would you say? Who was the face? Yeah. Royal was the face. Uh, Dajak okay. played the heel, and then he went Super Saiyan after he got slapped in the face. You don't want to do that to that man. And um, yeah, okay. Eric Royal also was um undefeated. So oh, wow, okay. yes, undefeated. So the match had the high stakes of saying like, you know, was Donovan going to be able to come in and end this in the in the undefeated streak? And it was cool because you can tell that the Noah Pro Wrestling has a following because. As big yeah. as the name as Donovan is and as big as fans as we are, by the way, you know, we both met him. Uh, very cool guy. Man, look, I was always stuttering trying to talk to him. <laughs> I guess I was starstruck. I almost forgot to... Uh, I left my autograph with him, long story short. Yeah, I don't <laughs> <laughs> yes, he DM'd me was like, yeah, you left your picture. I was like, man, shh. I was like, you already know. But um, it was cool that... Um, Eric had his following and people were cheering for him to continue the street and Donovan who played the hill um, you know put a lot of heat on him which made you know made Eric go over and look good and it's just it's just, it's just a quality match overall just on that note um, Jamal I'll let you go about the, the big point that you brought about in the beginning when the show first started well I mean Hills did heel things and one thing about the the match it started off with an, an announced match and then the situation broke down where uh we had uh, um, a couple guys come out and they said no what the hell with the first match we need to go right now and that's something that we just don't see spontaneity anymore where we have this card and they just run down the card where there was some other though it's all work Still, the the fact that you know these things were unannounced, these things were kind of happening. There was a regular tag team match that tag later on in the show. You know these things were you know quite refreshing to see. He real heels do heel things, not just work over the crowd, but like actually try to cheat to win. Maybe mm -hmm. stretch that four count into a five count. You don't really see that too much anymore. You know, poke in the eyes. You know, grabbing the tights, stuff like that, and that's yeah. Now I have to root against this guy. Let's see, um, but can we talk about can we talk about the main event though? We, Cedric Alexander. Before we get, oh my boy, how does Cedric do? Hold how on, before before we get there, another another big point that Jamal brought up that he likes. Oh, back. Oh, real quick, back to his point too. Uh, what you just said is the reason why I used to like WCW, and which I always tell people my problem with mm -hmm. the WWE brand. If I have a beef with you, and there's a few, I'm not waiting until the third hour to address what's going on. We both backstage. I'm coming out right now to see what's going on. The last time we seen that on TV was the Undertaker and Brock feud, which I was just like, this was the classic WCW stuff that I used to like. When somebody didn't like each other, they might have came out and wrestled maybe twice that night, interfered, interfered, interfered about three times that day. Like, this period. I... I like that. That and like he said, heel work, 
Hill was doing Hill things. Uh-huh. Big fan of that. Not to mention, too, when the matches ended, they announced who who won. Hands were raised, and the time of how long the matches was also now. I'm a fan of that as well. Yeah, but the kid does definitely saying after was like wow like really <laughs> um yeah Vader Scott mm. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. also also another person that we got a chance to talk to um funny cool um exciting uh I mean I don't know plenty more adjectives I can say but nonetheless um definitely um from because she managed the main event, she put on the clinic in the ring. She was fan friendly outside the ring, which you you seen her get a chance to interact with adults, but yet with kids as well. I mean, what can you say? Like she's she's big deal, and um, definitely a fan. And uh, she'll she'll be here on Saturday for an ROH event that uh, some of us will Friday. be attending. Friday. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But go ahead. Go ahead, take it away with the with the main event. The main event is the main event because it should be the main event, and you have a person that should be on everybody's radar, Cedric Alexander. Cedric Alexander, my man. Yeah, I mean, what? Just a great match, and he took on. Cheat. Uh, what's that? Cheat. Chet Sterling. Yeah, Chet Sterling. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time that I've ever witnessed a "you just killed him" chant. <laughs> but um just a great you know tough match um and it ended you know i had a walk ended but actually the referee did his job charles robinson still have a job after the uh the uh, toledo screw drop that he was a part of it just doesn't make sense anymore but let me ask this was cedric was cedric storytelling great as always in his ring and his ring horses yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, it, I mean, Cedric Alexander definitely playing the heel in, in that uh, spot. Um, you know, came out just very simple. You know, he just came out with the hood, just prize fighter, ready to go. And uh, you know, he was walking around in the cruiserweight classic T-shirt. Um, you know, he knows that he's and he's so humble too. Like, so like, yep. Like legit, so humble, but a different guy in the ring, and he was and he went yep. to work in the ring. And that one bar check. To see that in person, impressive. And I, and I gotta say, we we also got a chance to talk to him. Um, very humble person. Um, he was in a more of a more funny mood and you know relaxed when we when we met him before uh, the show started. Then we ran into him right before his main event, and a whole new aura over over him. I had I yeah. tapped him. I was like Showtime. He said, "That's right." And and sure enough, he had to face on when he came to the ring. When he when they when they um when they it, when they was about to introduce him, he just ran over and started. You know how the Kevin Owens and the um Sami Zayn. Yeah. He was y'all already know who he was. No reason to introduce me. That's how he was how he was going. Well, he had streamers ready to go. Yeah. We were ready to throw them, and he didn't give us because he just went to work. Yep. 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 And uh. And the spot he did after the show, um, the senton out. I'm sorry, not the senton. The um, the corkscrew. Yeah, yeah, it was a somersault uh, plancha. Yeah. Uh, over vaulted over the second over the top rope, and he cleared it by a good foot. Like it's like wow. close. R- ridiculous. Now we have to say that there was no padding on the ground. There was not that much clearance between the um, between the ring and. The us, in other words. Yeah. 
and he the chair early on. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Within yeah. two minutes, the chair was gone. Yeah, the chair was gone. Oh, wow. the chair. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they, rest, they there was no padded outside. They just went straight to the basketball court that the ring was sitting on. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was yo. Know, I mean, dude did uh, you know a corkscrew moonsault onto the three point line, and I knocked out. Yeah, I totally knocked out. Oh man. Yep. I think uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That tornado DDT um off the ring apron. To the to the center court. Yeah, I was, I was good after that. I could have gone home. Yep. And uh and uh But uh you know before we go to the next subject, definitely a couple of shout outs to another couple of uh performers that stuck out to me. Um this the tag team, the cutie and the beast. Yeah. The, that's something exciting to see. Um I don't even know exactly how to describe this. But they have a gimmick that I feel like the WWE would not be totally acceptable of yet. Um, to not to not have been exposed to them, clearly you can see they're a fan favorite, and it's really easy for you to want to cheer for them. I feel like I feel like not a parallel is sort of say the gimmick, but the type of attention that it command is sort of like um, the boys in Dalton Castle. Where you just may not have been exposed to it, but you automatically say, like, there's something special here about this. And definitely a shout-out to them on that. Go ahead, Jamal. If you're a fan of Saturday Night Night Live, they're more like the ambiguously gay duo, where obviously there's some double entendres here. There's uh, something – well, something else is going on very very odd here. And I definitely think in this uh, new climate of of diversity and sensitivity – that should be a subject that's broached on, on national television, especially in the WWE, of course, they're the biggest star in the yard. But why can't we have an openly gay, not necessarily stereotypically flamboyant, but an openly gay wrestler that wants what everybody else wants, and that's just the championship? I, that's, that shouldn't be an issue that we have, but yet, you know, it is it is exactly what it is. But Cutie and the Beast, certainly names that I, that I wrote down. Yeah. Um, and, after uh, seeing that mark, and they faced uh, Money Green, who gimmick was all about making wrestling great again, and I and I like that as well too because, yeah, that's your gimmick, fine. But how do you perform in the ring? And yes, he did arm drags and um, just a, a bunch of traditional moves that you rarely see. That if that's what your gimmick's gonna be, then yeah, I want to see some nice traditional wrestling in the ring. Um. And I think, what was the, one more person I was thinking about, too. Oh, you was talking about who did the moonsault out. Wasn't that uh, Frankie, Frankie, I forget. I can't think of his name. Frankie Pickard. Yeah, I can't think of his name. I don't know. Later. All right. We have some breaking news right now. Breaking news. Not really breaking because the internet always wins but it's being a it's being officially announced right now on smackdown that brock lesnar will face randy orton for SummerSlam. i mean yay i mean i'm looking for spots during this match that's all i can say <laughs> well, we haven't seen orton in a while we haven't seen lesnar in a while honestly and it's supposed to be a new era yeah. And I get that Orton isn't done, and obviously Lesnar isn't done, but what what story could be that they didn't tell five years ago, ten years ago? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. And it kind of be like you know Lesnar versus the Undertaker that people wanted for like the nineteenth time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say because I mean I'm more of a fan of a little bit of storyline, but again, if Brock gonna be booked as a prize fighter, like I was saying off air before we got started today, then fine, I guess it works. But two big names, um, should be some good wrestling here. Um, I'm not sure what type of condition Randy Orton might be in to take a couple of to, to, to take a trip to Suplex City, but hey, whatever. But yeah. Um, before we get to our next topic, we're gonna take a quick break right now, um, and then we'll come back with you about 
Brock Lesnar and him, and what has happened within the booking of UFC 200 and where does that leave him? And we'll get back to you in a little bit. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Connect with us on all of our platforms, bgbgroup.tumblr.com, at bgbgroup on Twitter, and facebook.com slash biggoldbelt. All right, y'all, we back with the second half of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Um, we're about to jump right into it with the UFC 200 breaking news that happened last night at about 11.30, where um, the official UFC uh, Twitter page announced that Dana White was uh, going to hold a press conference. And um, if you're not familiar with the UFC, he's their uh, lead president of the organization. So more say, more say, more or less, the official spokesperson for everything that happens with the UFC. Which, you know, a press conference at 1130, no matter what coast he's on, is a big deal. And um, the end result is that John Bones Jones has been removed from the... Um, the championship match against DC uh, with a looming with looming speculations that he might be uh, I'm sorry with anti-doping I think that's what it was with a suspension with anti-doping or whatever um, the, the the big issue is that because of because of this happening right now he doesn't have time in order to uh, contest it so they automatically have to remove him from the fight. This is his second offense with some type of um, suspension with doping or whatever issue it may be. Um, not a good look for him. Big fan of the guy, but this, I'll, I'll say, out of the octagon shenanigans have to end. Um, I feel sorry for DC because he loses money. Um, this was the match that he's been wanting for a while. I've been promoting crazy and just to go down because of whatever it may be. So um, best of luck to John Jones. I hope you get get it together. And uh, DC, a world professional, which handle it like a professional on all platforms of uh, social media and the interviews he's did. But um, Dana White immediately said he was going to make changes to the car, which then he announced that Brock Lesnar versus Mark Hunt will now be the main event for UFC 200 and this just changed everything in my eyes not just for the UFC but for just Brock Lesnar himself because again like we said in the first half Brock Lesnar was um, announced that he will be facing Randy Orton in the main event for SummerSlam so you have Brock Lesnar main eventing for two different sports two big multi-million dollar companies um with a chance to obviously get a big payday, but not only that, just a good good storytelling on both platforms. Um, this is Brock's first fight since I'm not even sure, maybe five years. WrestleMania. No, no, oh, for no, UFC. Yes, yeah, and okay. this will be his first fight. Yes, in wrestling since WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So, all right, enough with the background story. Let's get some questions in. Let's 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 get some thoughts. Go ahead, Salas. Now, forgive me what I'm about to say, uh-huh. but this changes my whole perspective on UFC 200. I'm explaining why. Let's go back about 2008-2009. I don't remember what it was, and UFC was trying to make a big on national television on uh, CBS, where they had a big fight promotion of Ken Shamrock versus Kimbo Slice. <laughs> this match was heavily promoted and heavily eager when everybody was anticipating for this match. Then all of a sudden, a couple of days, or maybe the day before, the day of, I forgot when exactly was happening, Ken Shamrock could not fight in this fight. So that changed the whole perspective where Kimbo Slice had to face somebody new. And we thought, oh, Kimbo was going to be, you know, great, and he'll just knock this dude out in 20 seconds and just, like, waste everybody's money. But Kimbo actually lost. For a fluke, whatever situation, he lost and got knocked out. Now, here's my situation. This could be a perfect setup for Brock's failure if Brock's now the main event person, because Brock was supposed to be the main event. Of course, he doesn't have that pressure. And if Brock was not uh, competing or preparing himself to make sure he fought Mark Hunt the way he was supposed to, Brock could end up losing. 
And if you're trying to do all this promotion where we're trying to promote this dude as a main event, like you just said, two chains mm -hmm. of UFC, and then one month later, the promotion of you're doing a main event in SummerSlam, which is technically one of WWE's hottest pay-per-views of the year, this could be an epic failure of bad promotion and bad communication on all levels from UFC and WWE because of what John Jones is. Now, I'm not saying it's John Jones' fault, but this could be very interesting. Go ahead, you, James. First off, um, that fight with Kim Shenrock, I don't think it was with Kimbo. I think it was with the boxer James Tony. And what happened okay. was James Tony was a boxer and thought he was going to go into a UFC fight being a boxer, and he got taken to the ground, and it looked like two whales off land, on land out of the sea. So, yeah. It was a big disappointment because it was like one of their first televised um, shows on regular TV. You know, now it's a regular scene on Fox now, but that was before when it was like a big deal that y'all can see this sport on Channel 5 tonight, you know? Right, right. I've been saying this for a while, no matter if you're a UFC fan or not. They have been suffering major L's in booking main events. If it ain't um, Conor McGregor saying he's going to retire or just injuries all down the board, they cannot catch a break. Which, in this case, you can have much confidence of what you're going to spend your ticket on that you're going to get that. Point blank. Uh -huh. So, that's just the nature of of their sports booking, which which is why my conversation on the last episode uh, we did was that who had the better promotion as far as booking? Because True. you may have bigger names, whatever it may be. John Cena is the biggest name of, of both companies, but you may have bigger name. You may have two big names in UFC. Who's to say they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna really fight? You know, right? So go ahead, Jamal. I guess my, my question is, as a person that doesn't uh, watch UFC at all, my question would be, does this new main event hurt UFC at all? Uh, obviously, it's not the main event that they wanted, but now it's the main event that they got. Or is this actually a blessing in disguise that Lesnar and Mark Hunt could steal the show that they were going to steal anyway? Um, it doesn't hurt the company because UFC originally was supposed to be booked between Conor McGregor and Nick Diaz too, which Nick Diaz picked up the very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, upset win over Conor McGregor, which now that is booked for UFC 202. So, the same interest is that when this, when this fight between DC and John Jones happens, it just gets pushed back and then... All of a sudden, you know, the fans, the followers from that fight go to the next fight. So the, the thing is, they are advertising that you can't get your money back. But you already have people that have made plans to go there and, you know, flight plans and hotel plans to see it. And they're going to go through with it. So you still make your money. So it's sort of say it is sort of like a blessing in disguise. But, yeah, you're right. This is a heavyweight fight. Um, John Jones and them are a light heavyweight fight, which for the title, so it's clearly a bigger fight. But I think that we both can say, but outside of John Jones and Conor McGregor, that Brock Lesnar is a big draw. That's why he was the, the co-main event, and there's no mistake in the way they did it. And and another thing I want to say is too, um, Stephanie McMahon said they was not going to promote this this uh, fight, but now that's the main event. Now now the WWE is, and now the UFC is reposting stuff from um, the WWE website. So the biggest winners today are in investors and owners and anybody else that had any stock with money-wise in this. So then going forward, and you have this uh, Lesnar versus Mark Hunt match, which is now the marquee matchup that the people need to see, win or lose... How does Lesnar take a loss going forward? How does he take a win going forward? Because SummerSlam is the next month that apparently he's going to face Randy Orton. You know, can he recover from a devastating loss? Now, now, I'm going to drop a bombshell on y'all really quick. Hey, guys, our good old buddy D-Wayne has just joined us, which means that this mock draft 3.0 is going down tonight, ladies and gentlemen. It's going down. The John Crab Jamal versus D-Wayne himself, Mr. John Cena Fouls. Monster. John Cena Monster. God, I stuttered that because we ain't heard one in so long, but I ain't going to say nothing about that. 
but that's going down tonight. But um, definitely, I think that um, the the bombshell I want to drop is that I'm not totally sure on the WWE wellness policy as far as recovering from an in- injury. But if Brock Lesnar win or l- loses this match, he can get medically suspended due to a certain recovery period from injury that he may have, which sometimes this stuff can be two months, three months, whatever it may be. If that does happen, win or loss, how does that transcribe going into his match for the UFC? Now, those those regulations are not from the UFC. It's from the state, which means he technically is not, his license is on suspension for him to fight, you know, the next place he fights at. Is that just for MMA or does that go across the board to the UFC? I mean, to the um, to WWE. That's my biggest concern right now. Is there going to be clarification on that? But again, you know, if he wins, all, all good in his good day in the neighborhood. If he loses, you know, what's next? Paul Heyman, like you said, Jamal, on the, on the uh, previous episode, will Get this guy out of a swamp if he needs to. But I think you just have to book him different. You can't book him as the beast. Well, you can book him as the beast. Not just the typical beast, but the mad beast. Like the the raging boar. That, again, now he needs to come out interfering every match that whole night <laughs> whenever he comes back and just creates wreak havoc. And that's, and that's the only way it makes sense. He needs to show up with injuries, whatever it is on his face. And just let him go at it. And Paul Heyman, you don't even have to talk. Paul Heyman would take care of all the other stuff for him. So I think they're good on that note. Before I was a little bit worried about it, but I thought about it a good amount of minutes last night, and I was like, they'll be okay. They'll be okay. Is uh, Randy Orton a match that we need to see for SummerSlam? Is that a SummerSlam-worthy match nowadays? No. No. Not at all. What up, what up, D-Wayne? I beg to differ. My man is on a... Mer- it's, D-Wayne, I'm sorry I got to cut you off, but I got to I gotta give you your praise. D-Wayne is in America tonight. His connection sounds brilliant, magnificent, clarity, immaculate. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I beg to differ. I think it is a SummerSlam match. One... What's intriguing about this, this match is the simple fact that, one, it's Randy Orton's comeback match. Two, we get to see two people that basically came in the company at the same time. And one left, one didn't. So it's it's a match that we've seen before, but we haven't seen it in so long that it's actually kind of refreshing. So seeing the same thing again is refreshing in this new era? I'm with you, Jamal. I'm with you. You want to know why? Because guess what? A lot of people don't remember them facing off. Well, there's probably a reason for that because it was 15 years ago. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. That's why I said it's refreshing because guess what? A lot of people don't remember that. Is that something that we need to be reminded of? I mean, if they want to know what happened back in 2003, they should get the network. (laughs) 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 I think you have two, like I said, you have, it's it's refreshing because it's something that if you really don't know the history, you know, you can say, oh, this is the first, we know it's not the first time, but the thing is, it's, it's been done so long ago. That we can stay here and say, oh, it's, it's, it's the first time, Buster. This is how it happened. Two is two big, big names in the wrestling world who went face to face together. It's Randy Orton's comeback match. I mean, I think it's SummerSlam worthy. We're not, it's not like we're saying it's, it's the WrestleMania worthy. We're saying it's a SummerSlam worthy. Yes, it is SummerSlam worthy. Look, I, I, I agree. It is SummerSlam worthy. But the biggest point that Jamal's been making, but it's not even Jamal's point because it's actually Shane McMahon and Stephanie McMahon's point is that we're in a new era, but you're going back to old matches. There's no storyline between this, so it's not like you could book this as a feud that this had to happen. But look, all right, fine. If you want to give us Randy Orton for, and Brock because Randy Orton needs something to do and he's a big name, 
then why not give us Bray Wyatt with the story, who's a big name, against Brock, the match that should have happened, that never happened, that you had video packages and everything. Man, look, could you imagine if Brock Lesnar came out and interfered with Bray Wyatt off his mad, I just lost type of thing and said, look, I'll take on the whole Wyatt family right now. Book that for SummerSlam. Brock versus four people if they're all healthy. Out of rage. And then, and then we can have AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. <laughs> and and they have so interest to each other that they wanted to... Well, well, both of those are refreshing and great. I agree. Um, I don't think that they want to bury Ray Wyatt again with Brock Lesnar. Because Ray Wyatt will get buried. And I, I'm tired of seeing that. Him being buried. Um, the only refreshing message you just named is really that actually can make sense and wouldn't really bury anybody is the radio on AJ Styles. And that, I wouldn't mind seeing that, but you have to realize if this is, this is a, a good match, this is a safe match. One, because if Brock loses in UFC, I feel the same way about Bray Wyatt. I mean, if he fights the whole family, I feel like they don't lose, you know, because Bray Wyatt promo skills are so good that he can always make himself look relevant. He still looks strong. He's been getting squashed. But, but the thing, after a while, I, I just, and I used to be a big Bray Wyatt fan. Used to. Yeah, you, you still are. I can't really take him serious right now. It's just like, it's just like he get, he he loses so much or he loses you so much. It's like okay, well, why should I even take you serious? Yes, you can talk, but dang. I think his promos don't have the same impact that they used to, and that's because he doesn't have enough wins to back it up. So I, I agree with that. That Bray Wyatt doesn't have the same luster that he used to. Um, which makes it interesting that this whole feud with the New Day is going on, which I honestly think that the New Day are going to get deleted. That's going to be a whole backwards brawl type of situation. Hashtag deleted, WWE sir. can never let anything go. Ha- hashtag yep. deleted. Oh, hashtag deleted. Yes. Sorry. That, yes. Get your credit, okay? <laughs> good pun. Good pun. I mean, did he, <laughs> with that even being said, did anybody even watch Raw the last two weeks? Nobody watched the last week. Or this week, the Fourth of July. Uh, Nobody. Not Lowest rating since nineteen ninety seven. It's been reported. About to say how bad? <laughs> how bad, sir? Uh, yeah, I mean they were beaten out by like cooking shows at three in the morning. Like it's it's kind of rough. But Vince says that ratings don't matter, which is interesting because it's been reported that NBC and Comcast kind of pushed the SmackDown brand trust split because they were the first ones to say make SmackDown great again because ratings do matter. So, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Hmm. Very true. Now, you, not, I mean, my biggest thing is now that Raw is really hard to watch. I mean, Jamal has been anti-Raw for a since, was it this year or since Russ yeah, made, whatever, Russ just for a while. But I can tell you that it is really easy to watch it, watching it on Hulu with the shortened hour and a half version of it I get through it really quick I can see the points I need to be I need to see um they chop out a lot of the extra like I mean obviously the commercials but a lot of the extra just promos that uh, the WWE showed by, by themselves gets to the point in and out and I'm satisfied without actually bleeding from the ears so that would be my recommendation if you want to watch Raw but you really don't have three hours of your life to waste because you're an adult and you have to work the next day get you a Hulu and watch it on Tuesday for one hour and a half and get everything that you need. Um, before we get to the main event tonight with the mock draft, let's just let's just bring up another interesting topic that we talked about uh, off air, and it deals with Cody Rhodes. Now everybody knows that Cody Rhodes is a free agent right now. Mr. Silly Sellers is a big fan of Cody Rhodes, big supporter. I am. Um. First of all, I gotta say that I'm I'm loving his social media, everything. I'm like his interactions with his wife, 
I'm liking the cryptographic messages that he's sending. I'm liking that he's uh, posting his booking. Um, he's going to be on uh, an episode of Arrow with Stephen Amell, which I think is awesome. I love that he doesn't. He's doing Comic Con uh, appearances. This guy's hot right now. So with that being said, Cody Rhodes, the blueprint and the brand. What does that mean, Jamal? Well, I think that he's definitely set a precedent for himself that this is the way that you leave WWE without jumping immediately into other business ventures like The Rock and Batista and and Steve Austin kind of did. Um, or go out like CM Punk did, which is kind of like, nah, wrestling. But <laughs> I definitely think that Cody Rhodes has certainly set himself up to be booked in a manner that he thought that he should be booked. Uh, we're Hopefully we'll see him at the Evolve show in Brooklyn a couple hours before NXT TakeOver. Uh, he's going to be wrestling in uh, Northeastern Maryland in Joppa outside of Baltimore the day before. Uh, dream matches versus Kurt Angle. Uh, I think we're going to see him versus Chris Hero um, up in uh, Brooklyn on the Evolve show. So definitely partnerships. He's going to be at the Battle of Los Angeles for PWG in August, which is going to be an, which is an amazing tournament every year. So my question is, is since Rhodes has, has perfectly set himself up to leave the company, can anyone else that's currently in the company that's undervalued follow his footprint? and leave in a way that benefits them. Adam Rose didn't do it. He didn't get the memo. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm gonna answer this one. And as speaking as a Cody Rose fan, I will say this, wrestlers have to realize they are independent contractors that are looking for their best contracted value. And the reason why a lot of wrestlers don't try to take the role that Cody is trying to do is because they're afraid that they will not get a chance at another promotion and they're safe where they are with WWE. Like, for example, if let's just think of a low-end person like Curtis Axel, who's been an Intercontinental Champion, who had a little mini push at one time, but it's very low on the totem pole in WWE. To me, I think he has the charisma and name backing being a McGillicuddy or being a hitting that he could go out on his own and be the same venture and be very successful. But I think he really wants to make sure he's in a safe area where he's trying to get the most money he can with WWE because he may not be able to get that most money with uh, another company like ROH or another independent company like Nova Wrestling, you know, like you just saw on July 1st. And people have to make sure they, when they do this, they're not only representing their self in a wrestling company, they're representing their self as a brand. And if you know how to do that as an independent contractor, you can take yourself very far and that's why Brock Lesnar is very good at what he does even though sometimes he doesn't even do his own mouthpiece but he's able to sell himself where he's making himself a legitimate star where he tried football he tried wrestling he tried UFC and he's been successful in all of those avenues and has been successful in the higher ranking so that's why they have to do that that's why John Cena and that's why The Rock is successful but you have to find your own niche of what you're good at all right, so this quick question back to you. So do you think that pedigrees is a key part of being independent? Um, it, it has a huge aspect, and that's a great point that, you know, Cody Rose has that with his dad, but I don't think it has to be everything with it. Because if you even think about The Rock, even though The Rock has a pedigree of his dad being a wrestler and it might be a family being huge in wrestling, the Rock did that on his own. I mean, he really put himself in a different picture that a lot of people have never seen before. And I was looking at SmackDown when we was watching while I was recording. You think about Jay Uso. Jay Uso has the perfect pedigree, but he can't do something like that on his own. You know, so I, I, I mean, and even his father was a professional wrestler, Hall of Famer. Even though he's a twin, he has to be established with his twin. I don't think he has the same type of charisma that that The Rock had to, to do that market on his own because he doesn't know how to sell himself, in my opinion. Okay. I got, hold on, I got something to say. Go ahead, brother. So, I feel, as WWE, we, we all sit here and say, we want, we want these people to have charisma to sell themselves and all this other stuff. But you have to realize that a lot of times, a lot of these dudes do have charisma to do stuff outside of WWE 
but it's actually the simple fact that WWE actually holds me back. So, I, I, while I sit here and I ponder what you say, Celis, about, you know, someone not having, you don't see that person doing it because they don't have the charisma. I'm, I'm sitting here pondering, okay, well, is it really that they don't have the charisma or they don't have the chance to show that they have the charisma? Great point, and let me counter that. Great point, let me counter that. I think um, CM Punk has said this before, Stone Cold has said this before. People don't have the cojones to try to challenge Vince because they're afraid of what he might do. And sometimes you have to just go out on a limb if you want to make that risk where it's no risk, no reward. That sometimes you're going to have to go against the balls and do things that you never thought you should do or could do. And maybe that may be the spark point that says, oh, wow. This guy does have the charisma. This guy does do this. But I think a lot of wrestlers that we have now don't have that fire to do it to make sure they can get themselves out there in a name where they can promote themselves. So absolutely, you're right. WWE may hold them back. But just because WWE holds them back, that doesn't say to me as an independent contractor, I might just ignore what you say anyway and go out with the bang. Like, for example, that CM Punk little pipe bomb was unscripted. Imagine that really happened. What type of reaction Vince would have had to do? He would have to go with it because the crowd would have loved it. You have to get back to him for the type of balls that he had to show, in my opinion. Jamal, you got something to add? Yeah, I think it's um, not necessarily about having the individual charisma. I think it's about knowing where you fit. And as we've seen the transition between NXT and the main roster, a lot of those guys don't necessarily fit in. And we've seen the successes and we've seen some of the failures. Kevin Owens, whether you know him as Kevin Steen, uh, on the, in the indie circuit in Ring of Honor, his gimmick hasn't really changed. His style hasn't really changed. Right. Um, Sami Zayn, whether you remember knowing him as Eric Generico, his style hasn't really changed. So they've been able to get themselves over wherever they've been, and they've been all around the world twice. But we've also seen special projects that have come and gone where they brought in indie guys and they didn't work, where they brought in a guy like Daniel Bryan who made his name on the indie circuit and it didn't work until he changed something. The West, you know, uh, what was his name before he was Bray Wyatt? Did something and he changed. Husky. Husky Maris, yeah. Uh, he changed. And, you know, you have to tweak and you have to figure out where you fit into the entire situation because WWE is a brand that is a style. And that is different than Japan. That is different than Mexico. That is different than England. Sure. And that's different than the independent circuit in North America. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just knowing where you fit in and make maximizing your efforts versus catching a paycheck. That, uh, James. All right, I'm, a, I'm just, I'm gonna pass this around the board real quick. From what, from what I'm hearing and what the impression I'm getting, this certain people that's in the gray area right now in the WWE that right now is looking like because of Cody Rhodes' success, would you like them to jump ship to go into the Indies? So I'm gonna toss around. Three names that just came to my mind. Y'all could throw some back if y'all want as well, too. And y'all just give me a simple yes or no what they're making on the NDC based on um, the blueprint that Cody Rose has put out. And, and to specify what the blueprint is, is saying that, one, you had the courage to do it, to sell your own brand, to promote yourself the way you did, cryptographic tweets. Um, if you have a partner, bring your partner along with you. Um, and just enjoy life, in other words, but keep yourself really relevant, you know, let right. your name alone, your name, not because, I mean, that's obviously his name, but your name alone, be able to sell who you are, you know, not so desperate, but just saying like, you know, and not to mention too, that he doesn't do podcasts, but he did one with Ric Flair. So he didn't even have to promo himself really hard on going on different shows to say like, Hey guys, I'm free now. I'm looking for, I'm looking for a job. You know, he let things came natural and he book shows and every everywhere he goes, it seems like it's going to be fired. The, like the Internet broke when he's like, I'm going to do a show here. I'm going to do a show. here." Everybody's like, oh, my God, I can't believe these matchups are happening. So anyway, I'm going to throw around three names that just came to mind real quick. And y'all tell me what y'all think. All right. And these are people that are in the, these are people I feel are in a great area right now with the company. Um, big, obviously, the, the biggest one right now, not the biggest, but the one, the most obvious Ryback. No. Uh, no. I don't think he's a big enough name you know, outside of his... I don't think he's a big enough name or a big enough gimmick to uh, get over outside of WWE. D-Way? I just don't think he's that good. D-Way? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I, 
Ryback, what you say? Potentially. Okay. I think that if he really becomes this outspoken person that we keep, that we see glimpses of, then it'll work. Okay. Naomi. No. I say yes, but I just think that that depends on where you go. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing her in Shimmer or Shine. Uh, ROH, uh, maybe not TNA. Nobody should go to TNA. But uh, I think that, you know, given what ability she does have in the ring, I, I can see it working out. Okay. Um. My only thing, though, not, not against Naomi and, and, and Jamal, too, she's, she's very great. I just think if you put her in another promotion, she'd have to promote herself as a manager type over a wrestler. And when I saw TNA, even though I'm giving them a little credit, when I saw TNA on this past Tuesday, and I saw Maria, I saw how Maria could change herself into a manager instead of a type of wrestler. And I, I don't know if Naomi can do that from what I've seen right now. Okay, the girl is clearly gifted. Now, if Brodus Clay can go into TNA and become relevant, there's no way you're going to tell me that Naomi needs to resort back to a Funkadelic in order to be successful. I, I mean, no, no, no way. Wait, um, way. I think that matter of fact, I wouldn't mind seeing her versus Gail Kim. Mm. It is. No, I, mean, I, I would love to see Naomi versus Venus Scott. I would love to see Naomi versus. Of course Jim you would. Yes, but I come <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, you know Naomi versus you know Athena Reese is not in any circuit, but uh, to, but Tessa Blanchard. Um, I mean, there's some people have that to be that could be had, and I think she can work them. Okay. I, I mean, I think yes. Um, To the first one, right back, no. And to the second one, Naomi, definitely yes. I mean, look, the girl uh, has been poised for a run. She came out, did a semi-little pipe bomb, got buried, like, right away. Um, Has been in stables her whole career, it seems like. Uh, free Naomi? Can we get that going? And, yeah, I think it's time. And, and then the original free hashtag is free Titus. Th- th- this guy. Unfortunately, oh, uh, there's already a moose, so do we need a Titus? Ooh. I mean, there's, there's a moment I can't of thinking, see y'all. Titus doing anything differently than any other uh, uh, guy out there that's you know six seven and a former football player that's not named Moose. Hmm. Right. But, only, only thing that comes different to me there is um there. Off, out of the gym, out of the ring um, backgrounds where Moose has this looming domestic violence thing from his football days circling over him and Titus is uh, the dad of the year. So, go ahead, Silas. You want to say something? It's, yeah, um, uh, this, this is a, a real uh, not along the topic, but I just want to bring this update like a live breaking news that just happened in the blog. is nothing wrestling related. But the fact that uh, two officers have been shot in, during a protest in downtown Dallas, um, just want to send like quick prayers of everything that's going on about um, all the social aspects with police officers and uh, people that's being killed uh, and the racial backgrounds behind it. The, the reason why I wanted to bring it up is we work exactly in Dallas uh, for WrestleMania, so we can imagine if it was like downtown Dallas, what the area is probably like right now, especially since we saw the X where Kennedy was shot. Um, just want to bring that uh, quick attention to the podcast right now if we want to put that out there for people that are listening. Yeah, definitely. Um, the internet has been breaking for a lot of numerous reasons over the, the last uh, um, couple of days from free agency and um, from free agency in the, w, I mean, the NBA, from Wilmington, a lot of sports stuff, and then it's just, just a lot of other things going on in the world. Uh, we don't we don't get into it too much on the podcast, but definitely um you know, like we've always said, you know, you can make the you can make the world a better place by just doing your little bit by, you know, sharing a little bit of positivity. But right now it's definitely a lot going on and uh, you know, for people that pray, definitely pray for others, pray for yourself and uh, you know, continue to just show and share positivity as we do. Yeah, it's a lot of uh you know, a lot of interesting things going on in the world, but that's also why we watch wrestling, that's why we watch sports, that's why we go to the movies. And that's, uh, you know, not to hide the fact that these issues are still there. They are. They should be addressed. The conversations need to be had. But 
it, it shouldn't consume one's life. Uh, it should only, you know, the things that we do to have fun should enhance one's life. And uh, yeah, much many prayers go out to everyone that's affected, whether you're seen and heard on television or or not, because there's a lot goes on that we don't get a chance to see every day. Yeah. Dwayne, you wanted to say something on the topic, or you wanted to say something about Titus? It's on you, brother. The topic, I, I, I'm trying to, I really don't want to go into the topic because the topic itself is very, very... It's ugly. It's very ugly. It's, yeah. It's very ugly and it's very political. It's very civil rights oriented. And again, that's a whole nother situation, another whole nother ball game. Yeah. So let's go back to this Titus. Um, His brand makes it as if he can succeed other places but I think his brand puts him more off the 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 market of wrestling into doing everything because he, he is this imposing figure that's positive and really the example of what any man should be so I, I think that his his brand needs more out of wrestling than to do another. I, I agree with you, brother. Um, this is what's gonna happen. We're gonna wrap this episode up in a little bit. Um, I'm gonna let you guys throw throw around some names that y'all think are making on indie scene. We'll wrap it up. I know we said we was gonna promise y'all to draft um 3.0 tonight. But we will have that for y'all the next episode right away. Dwayne kind of joined us a little bit late. No biggie. But uh, we'll get the same band together. Or we'll see if anybody else on the crew wants to join. And um, we'll kick it off right for our next episode. But go ahead, Sunday. You got any names that you think will be successful if they uh, follow the path of Cody Rhodes? Uh, that's a great question. Um, uh, as I'm thinking right now, I'm trying to think of people that is that haven't been champion, um, that's kind of not been in the, I guess, the highlight or the mid-light, if you want to say, of wrestling. And the biggest person I can say right now would be Heath Slater. Mm. Um, Heath Slater, I feel that, you know, based on his gimmick that he's done with Legends, based on the multiple stables that he's led, he has a great talking piece in the ring. I think he can be somebody that can be uh, a person that can, he can grow his hair out, he can cut his hair, he can change his look up. I think he can just sell him. He's gold all over him. I just think he hasn't had the chance to do it yet. See, see, senor, see. Yeah, I, I would say that um, if I had to pick one name, I would say that it's Dolph Ziggler. Oh. Uh, you know, how many chances will this guy get before they realize that, okay, well, he'll never get over? You know, how many times will the hurdle be raised another inch, another, you know, a couple inches that he just can't get over? I mean, they gave him uh, the world championship for like a cup of coffee, uh, and I was there that night in Jersey. And the place went nuts, and we never heard from him again on that yeah. level. And obviously, we know what he can do. He's in a parking lot selling somewhere right now, just taking face bumps, just because he can. <laughs> and there's no doubt what he can do, and there's no doubt when given the chance, he sees this moment. And obviously, that's not really paid dividends on, on in, like for, for a Hall of Fame career. But I think he's definitely a big enough name where, if given the opportunity... There's definitely some matchups that uh, that we would just like to see down the road. Dolph Ziggler versus the Indy Circuit. Dolph Ziggler versus the Young Bucks. Si, senor. Si. Si. Dolph Ziggler versus Adam Cole, baby. Si, oh, senor. Si. So, Dolph Ziggler and his goonies versus the Bullet Club. Si, senor. Si. I mean, right. The potentials are, are endless. And I'm, like, and I'm not sure if you're a Spanish or Italian there. But either way, I'm going with it. And I say that Dolph Ziggler versus Kenny Omega, uh, do it next week. Can we have that? Brother Nero, Brother Nero accent changed like three times and in the story. D-Wayne, who will be successful on the NDC? That's a good question. Um, on the NDC. Somebody right now that you feel like the WWE isn't giving them a fair share, or maybe they accomplished everything they can right now, but you know, Based on what Cody Rose did, if they took that route, they would be equally or even greater successful. Who sticks out to you? All right, so I, I'm not going to go male. I'm actually going to go female. I like it. And 
I might get some backlash for saying this, but I feel that WWE just doesn't know how to use it correctly. Paige. Okay. Mm. Interesting. I think that she can go on the indie circuit and do big things to the point where WWE is going to end up calling her back. Yep. 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 I agree. I agree. That's a great, great, interesting name. Great pick. Um, everybody had great pick. I mean, I've mocked draft 3.0. It's going to be very, very interesting. Um, just from just picking who will be successful in the indie scene, we're going to we're going to get you with the next episode on who these guys think will be successful on their brand, where we're going to have somebody represent Raw, somebody represent SmackDown, uh, maybe go about 10 or 15 rounds and pick why they want them on their brand and we'll decide who has the better show at the end of it. And uh, yeah, we'll catch y'all next time, all right?